This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to the awful and awesome entertainment rap. Hello and welcome to the awful and awesome entertainment rap. Today I have with me co-hosting an old friend and a, and a unique actually personality. He has been a journalist which is when I knew him. I still know him. Uh, he has been a film director. He has been a creative producer and a co-producer on a series. And uh, he's also been doing a sports podcast. Welcome, Samar Khan from Mumbai. Welcome, Abhinandan Sikri, or like you said, Niku, as I used to know you and I still know you. So. Yeah, so, you know, Samar, you've been in this space for a very long time. You made two films, Kuch Meetha Ho Jai, starring Arshad Varsi Mahima. Sorry? And Shorya. And Shorya, yeah. yeah. Uh, which was on the forces, actually. So we'll talk a little more detail about Shorya. And you also did that... In, the so-called the test case. The test case with the... Uh, with Nimrit Kaur, which Nimrit. was also about the forces. Yeah. Yes, and you're currently a creative producer on a show on the Uri Strikes based on Shivaroor's book, which is... That's right, that's Shiv, Shiv and Rahul's book, Rahul Singh and Shivaroor. Yes. book called India's Most Fearless. Right. And the first chapter was about the Uri Strikes, and we have picked up that chapter, we've taken the rights of that. And I'm doing it for applause and entertainment. And you have been in the NDA yourself. That not many people That's know true. about you. Not many people know that I was there for the for, for the for the entire time actually for six terms before I got thrown out for indiscipline. So yeah, that is my history. So what did you do at the NDA that we are now? With, I'm not referring to you as Brigadier Samar Khan now, but rather now it's Samar. What are you Correct. So, like I said, I mean, the list that I couldn't control the force, so they said, I'm going to go. And I guess, I use that as my, as my safety shield now, and I tell people that, if I'm going to go to the army, I'm going to go to the army, so let's just be the way. So, but, but I must say, you, uh, is it a coincidence that most of the things that you've created are to do with the forces? Your mini-series, yeah, yeah, your film? It's not, it's not a coincidence, actually, because I think that's what, that's what interests me the most, and that's what... I think there are so many stories to be told about the men in uniform, which are just not war stories, you know, because I think we get stuck with war hmm. as as storytelling. And that's most of our films that you have seen till now about the army have been only about war. So I wanted to break that mold and say that there are more stories to be told. There are there are other stories which happen in the in the uh, in the army. And, you know, let's tell those stories, which is where Shorya was born from. That it's not about war. It's about, you know, a man in the army and the kind of uh, things that he goes through in the army. And also took a hard look at the human rights record of the army and in Kashmir. Yes. So in fact, we'll be discussing in a little more detail uh, about the forces portrayal in the in, in Indian cinema. We will also be discussing this documentary film called Fire, which is a Netflix film that I watched. Uh, we will comment on the PETA ad, which I hope you have seen, Samar Khan. I have seen the ad and I don't want... Okay, but no, please, please, please no, if you have to say something, we will discuss it a little later. First, Samar, I want to start with, is do you remember when both of us used to work in Newstrack? For our audience, Samar used to report on a lot of stuff. I remember when I joined, you were reporting on an Air India, Indian Airlines pilot strike. Correct. And uh, then, and because there were just a handful of reporters, there were 10 of them, so everything, film, cinema, politics, everyone used to do everything. And then, later you become, became the first cinema expert. I think you were the country's first television journalist who only did cinema. And then you... That's true, actually, because we were having news track and NDTV were pretty much the only, you know, broadcasters at that time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and then, and 
we were lucky that you know we were at that time right place right time so mm. i guess i became india's first television face for yes. entertainment because and, i remember know, that's what i did for the next what 10 years of my life i remember stars wanted to be interviewed by asma because there was only one television show which was a daily hindi show called aaj tak so if your film was on aaj tak then you got enough promotion and there were not so many cable television channels so back then summer yeah. do you remember dilwale dulhaniya le jayenge had just released the promo correct i want to talk about that promo changed how promos were made there was just that mustard fields that ting ning 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 come fall in love with simran and rahul i said you did not see sharu you did not see you didn't see jack and i remember when we all were watching it in office we were saying what the fuck is this because till then the trailers we were used to isme hai action drama it was basically a montage cut by some operator chuti up some fuck all voice over yeah, you know but you also have to you also have to see i mean another no dilwale came out in 94 if i'm not wrong and mm. that was the time when you know television had also just started hmm and most of the promos before that used to be made for a theatrical release mm. right. and you know dwale was also one of the first films pretty much talked to the multiplex audience to an urban audience and multiplex was, to the near tab single screen haan, cinema thi hum hum multiplex kehte hain unko but what Achha. i meant was an urban audience okay hmm hmm it was meant for an urban audience you know and it was also the birth of a new director it was aditya chopra who had who had come in so it was almost like the changing of the guard hmm. of, of you know the kind of cinema that he believed kind of promos and that was the time when you see a lot of films which were coming out which you know what were very influenced by west i mean 90s was the time when a new generation of filmmakers had taken over there was mansoor khan who had come in in 89 with kaimat se kaimat tak suraj bajatiya had come in with maine pyar kiya aditya chopra came in two years later karan johar came in but it was so this but, but it was this film's promo that really set the standards of what new promos i mean that was the promo where promos became as full time an editor said okay this promo has to look good because at that time you also have to remember like i said it was the birth of television that was also the birth of advertising hmm. advertising started in the 90s before that there was no advertising you know so we were only making ads for doordarshan hmm and cable tv so, came in right yeah and when cable tv came is when the new age slickness came into advertising and came into promos and came into pretty much everything that you saw around even the billboards changed everything changed in the 90s so that was i think the time when we were very very influenced by the west we started taking references from the west and started making stuff because before that ek promo banta tha theater mein jata tha chalta tha aur khatam ho jata tha there was no promotional poster lagta tha right exactly wo film wo it, there was no promotion the way we understand promotion now exactly anyway, there was nothing uh, just talking to you brought back the memories of watching that promo for the first time wo beta tape pe dal ke yaar main watching yaar ye to kya badi cheez hai kya hai kya hai bada slick promo tha you know the first time i saw it i did not know what is it i said very nice tune very nice but what what is and this it was not, i was told this is a film that is being released <laughs> this is the promo for and, a film. or abhi in in today's generation we would call it a teaser it Haan, wasn't teaser. even a promo exactly it was a teaser, was a teaser. Because you didn't, you, you know, just was, you just saw the rain. You saw a hat and guitar, nothing else. And I think it also reflected on Adi Chopra. You know, people don't know whether he for the longest time people thought he was a ghost. Hmm. There was nobody called Adi Chopra. There were no pictures. There was nothing. So personality-wise, also he to give out a tease before he gave out the film. Right. So let's first start with reviewing Fire. Have you watched Fire, Samarkhan? No, I I haven't seen it actually, but I've seen the promos of 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 it and. 
I really want to see it because it is again one of those you know cool documentaries that Netflix has been able to come up with, yes. and you know is a reflection of the millennials and. The scam that America runs on everything. Right. Also, you know, it, it, the, you're very right. It's a great commentary. Other than the specific fraud that it is on, it's also a comment on the whole millennials and how social media can completely influence what we think. All these models, like in the Bahamas, the most insane festival the world has ever seen. Island getaway turned disaster. It became very barbaric. Right now, we are the fucking laughing stock of everything. Just wait until you see what you're getting yourselves into. The biggest event in a decade, I promise you. I'll be there. So, I watched it. I'll just quickly give you a, you know, a, a, a review of it. If you have any specific questions, feel free to ask. Sure. So, just it's directed by Chris Smith and written by him as well. So, what it has going for it is, it is beautifully shot because much of the footage they've used. is from the promos of the festival the festival was a festival called fire festival f y r e those of you who are familiar with festivals you know like there's the burning man festival or woodstock was a music festival there are many such musical festivals this was supposed to be there's the tomorrow there's tomorrow land i mean which happens every year in in india they have magnetic field there's nh and it's seven weekend there is sunburn i mean there's right. so much that happens so this is um, you know but this was supposed to be a different level you know on an island in the bahamas the most exclusive party and this guy who was supposed to be putting this all together it was a guy called billy mcfallen so um now and basically what happened there are no spoilers because you know from the beginning what's going to happen the title of the film is or, or the one liner the greatest party that never happened so it was this big party that was supposed to happen tickets were sold and finally it was this big fraud and he's serving 6 years in jail for that and related offenses so what has going for it has great footage it has a great story and and it's immensely watchable i highly recommend it and it's not very long so it doesn't take too much time but one huge flaw that i saw in this was you know someone the almost the yeah. almost the entire documentary other than the interviews is run on footage that was shot for promos you know when they were selling this the fire festival they had shot promos of these supermodels and all and then they also have footage when he fucked up and then he was trying a second thing he had this obsession of always getting a cameraman to shoot everything they're doing because he'd use that as promotional material i think again a comment on millennials i think life is a reality show so you have to have a camera on you all the time i just wanted the filmmaker to explain to me how he got access to all this footage because is i mean of course i'm doing me a conspiracy theorist and i'm being half in jest is this a scam that this guy shot all this did this whole fuck up and then he has sold this footage so documentary can be made that he'll get the money from how has the filmmaker got all this footage that wasn't explained the second thing that wasn't explained was after he got out i mean after this whole fuck up happened and he was in jail then he came out on bail then there was more footage how did he get that footage so that to me was a big hole in the film i'd like to know why this guy has access to all this footage because i'm assuming it will be Or maybe the guy who actually shot it was not paid by him, and he sold it to the filmmaker and said, "This is the only way I can get my money." Possible, but I, I, I would like that to be explained because it's, and the second thing is that the whole film shows it's about how this guy wants to set up this really, you know, ambitious festival, and all the team, the production head, the publicity head, the design head, they have all been interviewed, 
and the kind of things that they had to do to try to make this happen, how it was so impossible that it would obviously not happen. I think it's a gay, great study in how one man's, you know, uh, power can make everybody believe something that's impossible to do and they carry on doing you know, it. One thing, the one thing that I would want to point out, I, mean, I think you can, because I haven't seen it yet, I've just seen the promo of it and I've read about it. I think what I would want you to talk about also is the fact that, you know, I love the documentary on Netflix because they treat it like a picture film. Mm. There's an arc to the story. Yes. A, there is a climax, there is a pre-climax, there are ups and downs, there are moments in it. It's not just documenting it. You know, they actually structure it very well. Yes, absolutely. You're right. There is that typical five-act format that they follow even in the documentaries, if not the three-act. So they have done that in this too. Although, uh, in many of the Netflix documentaries, you know, the arc goes up and down. Like, so, a, a, a character becomes sympathetic and then unsympathetic again. Here, there's a flatness to Billy. There is no okay. sympathetic aspect, which is unlike other Netflix documentaries that have that slight play. They play with you a little bit. And the one thing that was unconvincing is that, other than him who comes out looking as this horrible villain, everybody else involved is interviewed, and they're all wonderful people. That was completely unconvincing, that fuckers, you were maybe not as complicit. And you know, they have one line of one of them saying that, and I wondered, was I being complicit in this because I would also tweet out pictures and put on Instagram, oh, what a great festival. And then I thought, was it my fault? And bus, that's it. So that way I thought it was a bit unconvincing, but, you know, interesting film, great event. I mean, perfectly made for a documentary filmmaker. I don't think you had to put in much craft to make this story happen. So, yeah. Because it's all there. It's It's all all there. there. So, moving on. Now to come up with Mr. Khan's expertise. Khan Saab. Yes, sir. Tell me what you think of the film that has been released with Kaushal. We reviewed it last week, but I would like to know your view. And please go on from there without me interrupting you. On the following. You see, there are films like Apocalypse Now or even Platoon, you know, they showed the US military in an unsympathetic light, that how horrible they can be, the excesses they commit. But in India, is it possible to make a film on the army, unless you are saying, Jai Bharat Madagi Jai, and all these JP Datta type third rate films, is it possible to have a platoon level success in India, unless you are saying, army ki zindabad or Bharat Mata ki Jai? Please, okay, first, I'll, first I'll... tell me what you thought of the latest film with Vicky Kaushal. And then tell me about this phenomenon that I just said. Okay, I uh, personally I like Turi because I think it was a very well-made film. They captured the action sequences very well. There is always there are always fictional elements that they've added which make you laugh and make you if you're a, if you're a, if you're a buff of these films, hmm. you know if you're a janta if you're a janta audience then the garud works for you because you feel wow. But if you're a if you're a military buff you look at it and say what the fuck this can never happen, <laughs> you know and things like. You know, uh, Kirti Kulhari taking a chopper right in the end and saying, Nirmal ji, aapke liye hai. I mean, those kind of things are just something that you feel, Ki why, why are they doing this? But I, I, I can understand why, you know, the filmmaker would do that because he's also talking to a larger audience. Right. This film, I think the, the, the good thing about Uri was it did not deviate from its main plot. Hmm. There were no unnecessary love sequences. There were no unnecessary emotional tracks which were thrown in. There were not any unnecessary divergent. It stuck to its story, told the story and got out of it, which I think is a very good step forward for, for films makers and for film people to, to decide and say, you don't need to have deviant, uh, uh, divergent tracks in the film. 
for the audience to come in sorry one, one, one quick question does it have any scene like um, like border has with sunil shetty lying in the uh, sand ki no, it so ye to meri dharti mata hai okay it doesn't have any such okay it does not which is why i am saying that what i liked about it is that they they have actually taken the the craft of of uh, you know making a war film much forward because we were stuck with jp datta hmm. we were stuck with a certain kind of cinema and we were thinking ye yahi chalega hmm. but what this film has shown is that if you stick to it if you stick to realism you add a little bit of jingoism to it which we all have to do you add a little bit of patriotism to which again you all we, we all have to do and it can work hmm. you know it can work without getting into too much of ye meri bharat mata hai aur ye mera ye hai and sandesh se aate hain the old back stories it is actually broken that mold for which i give a lot of credit to the filmmaker right that he is it's it's a very and i mean hats off to 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 ronnie struwala for for putting the money on vicky kaushal to make such an expensive film because when he signed vicky for the film vicky was nobody right you know and he put the money behind it he said let me make this film it's a 35 crore film which wow. is not which is not the kind of money that you would expect a vicky kaushal film to be produced yeah at. to recover so, i guess masan and all must have been like 2 3 crore films huh? his other films must have been very tiny films yes i mean masan and all very small films mm. you know love for spirit and all very small films it wasn't that vicky kaushal had suddenly become a big star and mm. razi was also alia bhat film it wasn't a vicky kaushal film right this is actually the first film of vicky kaushal where vicky kaushal is the is the hero of the film the star of the film mm. so yeah i mean in that respect i think it's 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 a fantastic effort and it's a great effort for you know filmmakers to save and tell the story the way it is we don't have to uh, what would i say cushion it with emotional tracks and love stories and songs and all of that jazz fair enough but even but even if it is a, even if it is realistic portrayal or relatively realistic portrayal mm-hmm. it is still a portrayal of a celebration of the armed forces success absolutely now absolutely. coming to the I'll, second I'll, part i'll come to that i'll yeah, come yeah. to that part of the of, of the discussion hmm. i'll come back to my film abhinandan shorya was a film very very critical of the indian army yes you know but i have problems with it so what we have to understand that there is a censor board did you say you had problems with it i had problems with it because the censor did ask me to change things i stuck to my ground hmm. those times were different right. those times were pre social media hmm. i was able to convince them and get away with it right you know but now i do a lot of work with the indian army and i understand their point of view also hmm. see right now what we are dealing with is that we are not a mature audience hmm. we are not an audience which is mature as america is you know and the army is one of the holy cows of the indian nation the, the moment you start getting critical about the indian army you know it it's almost like bringing down the last bastion of hope i disagree but i'll come army. to that later yeah go ahead so hmm. i'm saying that hmm. what happens with the with the normal audience is that they feel that the army is above religion it's above prejudice it's above partisan it's above communalism all of which is all untrue of all of which is untrue i kind of disagree with you i would not say that all of it is untrue there are human beings in the indian army exactly there are bad apples there are bad apples in the indian army i'm not hmm. debating that or denying that at all but 70 to 80% of hmm. the army is still is still a good force sure absolutely i agree the web space has given people the freedom if you see test case right. test case is about the first female combat soldier hmm. she comes into a misogynist atmosphere hmm. she is she is sexually assaulted hmm. by one soldier and she fights back right so i have also taken up the fact over there that the indian army is misogynist right i am also working on a show right now which i will not talk about too much because it's still in development hmm. which is also critical of the indian army 
See, cinema is a force where you have to deal with the censor board. You have to deal with much more. You have to deal with the army clearances. The web space is a neutral space where you're where you don't have to get into all that jamela. Right. So. so is it is it that we don't want to filmmakers don't want to make critical stories of course they do but you know how much problem a filmmaker will have if he makes anything which is even critical of the political scene mani karnika is facing a problem because the karni sena will come and blow up your damn thing yeah i mean that make- yeah that is i mean really ridiculous uh, outfits but just coming to you know two quick things samar i i agree with you that by and large the indian army and being a fauji kid myself is one of the cleanest and yet unsullied um, institutions in our country i don't think there are many you know colonies or townships or communities in this country where you can let a 4 year old child go and he or she will come back home in the evening when the lights are out and the parents don't have to worry what where he or she is and that is how we grew up in cantonments and even today cantonments are like that an army cantonment the parent will not know where the child is he or she somewhere in this cantonment aa jayega there is no danger correct so i agree to that by and large is a very secular organization way more secular than the police force or any other for sure but that is changing at a rate which is worrying for me but do they commit excesses i think they absolutely do and why indian filmmakers can't be critical of the armies i think there's a financial aspect because i know when jp datta made border you know he used a lot of fauji uh, resources including men I understand. Abhinandan, I am saying when I made Sorya, I did not take any help from the army. Exactly, which is why you because could. But everybody else does. When you need the aircraft, in the US, when they do it, they are paying for all that. They are not using the Fauji no, resources. No, we are also no. One thing, we also have to pay for it. It's not that they give us free, but they will not clear the film. No. Now, if I, for example, when I am making the Uri strikes, I am making the show which is the Uri strikes. I have to show the final episodes to the army. Yeah, yeah. but uh, Samar, if if you did not need any of their resources, you don't have to show it to them. No, I don't. I, then, but again, I, like so I that's said, what I'm saying. So if you can board. pay the market, if I can say I will recreate the platoon war zone on an island in Indonesia, I don't need to bloody go to the. No, but one thing, one thing you have to be you have to be mindful of. Uh, I mean, other the film has to be cleared by the censor board. and the censor board has guidelines that if you are showing the armed forces they will ask for an noc from the armed forces oh i see okay so that so it's not only economic then it's not just a financial decision i see there is the censor board that you have to clear the film by and the censor board is very very sensitive when it comes to armed forces when it comes to politicians when it comes to all these things because they know that they will face the backlash i see so you're saying that you know? until the entire concept of a censor board changes we should not expect any films that in a realistic way show the excesses that were committed in manipur or kashmir or anywhere we like it should not be till the time that we have a censor board and we do not have a certification process we can forget about being critical about anything forget the armed forces <laughs> i you see you can just be you can just forget about it and we can only be critical on podcast the day you have a censorship on podcast damn you can be critical about anything right right you interesting know, so it's 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 all a function of censorship the moment you going to you going to unleash that you will let filmmakers express what they want to express and then let the audience want to watch it they want to watch it eh? hmm. but the moment you have a censor board you can't be critical about anything and you see you see films which are critical about systems and all of that kya hota hai unka yaar koi aake cinema tod deta hai koi kuch kar deta hai it's a huge financial so producers turn around and say chodo na yaar love story banao chodo na kyun itna banga le rahe ho yaar right 
Yeah, I, I I see where you're coming from. Absolutely, I agree. I I think this is an aspect which those um, commentators who are extremely critical don't see that you're on the hook for a lot of money. And, Absolutely, and, I mean it's very easy to say. You know, our film stars don't take a stand. Our film stars don't say anything. But have you seen the kind of repercussions people face? Hmm. There's a lot of money at stake. Hmm. You know, it's not as it's not as simple as America, where you know anybody can take a stand and get away with it. And I, mean, I think it, and I. And and I think it's ironic that last last night or night before last, where there was this tukre tukre gang debate happening on one of these insane channels, Republic or Times now, and I was saying seeing at the bottom, powered by R P Goyanka Group or R G Goyanka Group, and powered by Microsoft or whichever, and I was thinking that how come there's no backlash to this kind of bigotry that these guys are? Of course, some of the things that they were saying were horrifically yeah. bigoted. I was like, doesn't the brand? How come there's no financial backlash to this? The brand doesn't feel embarrassed that our logo is coming when this insane-sounding Rahul Shiv Shankar is yelling like, like a you know, a, a mad bigot. Uh, but clearly, that has no financial implication, which is unfortunate. Is that why you left News, Samar Khan? I left News because I was just too bored and tired, and it was becoming a circus. I mean, and I think I left at the right time because it was just a bloody circus. And you said that. I might as well enter the proper circus, which is cinema, exactly. yo. <laughs> And I make more money out of it, bro. So I mean, it's all—it's all about money, Adi. Okay, now let's talk about the pita commercial. Samar Khan, did have you seen the pita commercial, which is, uh, which is challenging toxic masculinity? You know, but it's everybody has seen the pita commercial, and I think, you know, it's—it's it's just disgusting. I mean, I'm really sorry. It is just fucking disgusting. Who the fuck it thought is, of this? I have no idea. And who the fuck thought of it? Who the fuck cleared it? I mean, I'm I'm amazed that that someone when we turn around and say that you know this was actually done by someone on really good, like LSD or drugs. Because it's got nothing going for it. It's creatively bad. You know, it it takes vegetarianism to sexuality and the size of your organ. Hmm. Which has got nothing to do with food, and it's such it's and it's bad visuals. And yeah, yeah. Also, my other problem with it is you want to choose men, at least choose good-looking men, bro. <laughs> yeah, fat, ugly people, naked people. I mean, what the hell are you doing? So, for those of you who don't know, Peter put it out on their social media this video, which is I think about two minutes long, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, it's uh, about two and a half minutes long. And it it basically shows men like instead of their penises, they have carrots and mooli and bengan and gajar and stuff like that. And I I don't know what the point is, but I think it's about that if you're vegetarian, you got a you bigger. You can still cop. have a great. You can still have a great organ. <laughs> so okay, so okay, whatever. And you know one more thing, and okay, and for all the guys, and I mean, then you've seen the commercial. Okay? Yeah. The the men that they have chosen, you know, whether they are vegetarian or non-vegetarian, it will be a miracle if they get sex. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it has almost universally, um, it has led to a certain disgust. It hasn't achieved, I think, what it was supposed to achieve. So, yeah. I don't uh, even know what it was supposed to achieve. I have no clue. I think they were going down the road of using this whole after Gillette, you know, they used this whole toxic masculinity to rebrand and... Like the Gillette ad, I thought it was a very good ad, and I think it had the right yeah, message. Yeah, that was a very good ad. Uh, so I think what they were trying to do was, chalo, isi behti ganga me toxic masculinity ki ham vegetarianism ko bhi thoos dete hain. You know, jaise main thoos, main har podcast mein thoos deta hu ki people who don't pay for news then shouldn't whine about bad and terribly made news because the advertisers pay for it. So no matter what the conversation, I say that subscribe to News Laundry and pay to I keep news do. free. 
and then you do that then you see how news and you can do that by going to newslawney.com and pressing on the subscription button and you can pay through credit card or paytm or whatever but and listen guys it's not that expensive i mean yeah. it's it's really not it's not going to be a you know it's just the only irritating thing is that you will get mail from abhinandan every one month or one and a half yeah that's that's the worst that so but we digressed like peter so why the peter thought ki toxic masculinity mein vegetarianism thus dete hain aur phir hamara bhi ho jayega kalyan ab na na toxic masculinity ka kalyan hua na vegetarianism ka peter ka hua na kuch hua matlab the only guys who made money out of this was the agency that shot the ad yeah. because i don't think anybody helped i don't think any anybody has benefited from that completely true absolutely Now before we wind up summer because you are a filmmaker you've been a news professional you have several you wear several hats can you tell me your favorite films from last year because i think 2018 was one of the best years in my living memory for films absolutely. i mean i i can count absolutely. so many excellent films which were your picks you know i think last year was one of those rare years where it was very difficult to pick your films that were you know really really made well i think uh, badhai ho was a very very well made film right. razi was another film that was you know at the top of its game hmm i honestly believe and again i'm 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 a product of a commercial genre so yes art films are great for me but i really enjoyed simba because what he was able to do was he was able to balance you know a certain amount of storytelling in commercial cinema okay uske beyond aap commercial cinema se expect zyada mat karo to better hi aapke liye hmm lekin he was able to manage to to you know uh, balance that and other than that last year any other films what did you think of that uh, badhai uh, badhai ho to ho gayi wo jo stree did you like stree the, there were a whole bunch I of i really liked because you know stree was another film that really really was able to cross the uh, the it was a new genre because any film that introduces a new genre is always uh, a film that you know is is great for the industry hmm but the film that i think was the film of the year for me was andhadhun you know it was the okay. film of the year I see. Because it was again a dark film. It was a film that you thought would not do well. It's a kind of genre which is a, a which is not a big money spinner. It did not have a big star cast, hmm. but it appealed to audiences. And I honestly believe that you know the films that have worked last year have worked because of the strength of their story. Right. You know, and it's 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 worked because people love the story. It wasn't about yeah. stars. It wasn't about and you know, a lot people going and and a lot of new young talent has come up so that's always encouraging absolutely absolutely you know a new there is a there's a there's a new there were, there were there were new writers that came up there were new directors that came up so all in all it was a it was a great year you know it was a great year for cinema yes and uh, hope this one is as good for cinema and for you samar khan we will look forward it to it started off well it started off well abhinandan i think the success of uri is a great sign that you know people are willing to go and watch and sample different kinds of cinema and are not just going for star power i will look forward to your series i will come back to you for free promotion so of course yeah, we'll get you on this podcast we'll push it out and and uh, hope to do the best what are friends for if you can't use them at times like this samar khan correct and i'm a paid <laughs> subscriber of new laundry so that was today's awful and awesome entertainment rap i'll be back again next week send us your feedback and inputs to contact at newslawney.com i repeat contact at newslawney.com with the title awful and awesome or ana you can leave your uh, abuse on rashi's twitter timeline it's at brown sahiba yes and now we have to wind up but we have a specific format so i will say thank you mr khan you will say thank you mr zikri and i'll say it's a rap okay so that's how we'll do it okay okay start thank you mr khan 
Thank you, Mr. Sekri. It's a wrap. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thank you.